familiar with the situation. Tim Davis attends an apostolic church, from what I understand, a conservative apostolic church. In Kentucky, she was elected the county clerk in her county. This is just, uh, again, I think this year, her mother was county clerk for many years, but Kim Davis, and some of you may have seen some of the reports of her very sordid past and all of those things that the media calls her a hypocrite and all of her previous marriages and affairs and all of these things, but there is a piece of information they're not giving you about her. I have a friend who has spoken to her pastor piece of information that most of the media is not giving you is that this woman has only been in church four years. And all of those things that they're talking about happened before she repented of her sins, was baptized in Jesus' name, and received the Holy Ghost. And um, as county clerk, she is the one who has to issue marriage licenses. And with the recent Supreme Court ruling, she's been told she has to give them to same-sex couples. And she has refused to do so. And there are people, I've even seen where apostolic people have said that she needs to just resign. She needs to step down. If she can't do her job, just step down. Just resign. And that's very easy to say when it's not your livelihood. And secondly, the other thing that you've got to consider is there are people under her that the moment she resigns, they are the ones who are going to have to sign it, and they don't want to do it either. And if she resigns, she puts them in the same position. And so, as I see it, this is a very courageous woman who is standing for her beliefs, but is, unless they've let her out in the last few moments, in jail tonight, away from her family, because she believes that the Bible teaches that men and men don't marry each other. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe in obeying the laws of the land until the laws of the land contradict the laws of God. And there is a time when we must stand for the laws of God. And there are not very many of us, and I say us, who would be willing to go to jail over what we believe. And again, I've seen many apostolics saying, just step down, it's a losing battle. Just step down, just give up. It's easy to do, easy to say, Easy to say, just give up the fight. But I'm going to ask you something, apostolics. How much do we give up? How much do we give up? I'm not, this is not my lesson for tonight, and I know you'll stay in there, but I'm going to tell you the, these are some things that need to be said and need to be considered. You know, those who don't. Those who don't learn from history are destined to repeat it. And the fact of the matter is, Adolf Hitler did not start 
killing Jews overnight. It was a gradual process. You say, I don't think America's going to get to that point. I don't know what point America will get to, but I never thought it would get to this point. And somebody somewhere's got to stand up and say, this is not right. Somebody's got to pay the price. That's right. My heart goes out to this woman. I, I, I cannot imagine, but she has said all along, I'm willing to go to jail if that's what's necessary. But I will not sign a license like that. I appreciate that kind of a backbone. I do. We need more of that. The reason we've lost some of the freedoms we've lost. And listen to me, listen to me. And I'm, I'm not a big gun advocate, but I am telling you that that this whole push to take away our, our arms is really, it, it's the last barrier to keep our government from totally controlling us. And that's why the founding, fa the founding fathers didn't put that second amendment in the government so we could go duck hunting. did it so we could defend ourselves against a totalitarian government. That's why it was there. And yet the push is to take them away from us. In fact, in fact, sit down. I'm, I'll, I'll get to my notes in a minute. Look, I, this church knows I'm not into conspiracy theories, right? You know that, right? Right, 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 right. Not into that, not into that. But I had a situation just yesterday. While my wife and I were on vacation, we checked out of our hotel 10 o'clock yesterday morning and um, went on to Silver Dollar City to enjoy some good music. Good music. And um, while we were there, I got a phone call from the local police department. And they said, you left something behind in your motel room. And I had left my little 380 in the room. And um, the uh, officer wanted to know if I had proof of ownership, which I didn't have with me. And uh, so we talked for a little while. And he said, yeah, come by, come by the police department. And I said, so I went by. Well, he wasn't there. I was talking to the receptionist there. I'm not, and I'm not telling you what story I read on Facebook, all right? I'm not telling you some story I got off of some far-out website. This is what the woman told me. She said, because she, we got to talking about everything that's going on in this world, and, and especially this push to take our guns away. And, and she said, well, you know, she said, there was a notice that came across the police wire. This is what she said. I wish I had it recorded. She said there was a notice that came across the police wire that they are now training officers, training officers to, um, what's the word? I told you. For home invasions, for home invasions. 
that was what that was the term she used. Home invasions to confiscate weapons. And she said, thankfully, our county sheriff sent out a bulletin after this came through and said it won't happen here. And if the government forces us to do something, we'll simply go knock on the door and say, you don't have weapons here, do you? Now, it just troubles me that this is the mindset of our government, that they have to train people to invade our homes. I ask you again, what, what rights are we going to relinquish? What are we just going to give up? How much rolling over are we going to do? I'm not, I'm not pushing just blatant civil disobedience, but I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, we're, we're in a dark moment right now. For this woman to have been imprisoned because of her faith, and I'm going to tell you something, and it's clear, and anybody, anybody with a pocket full of sense knows the U.S. Constitution says nothing about gay marriage, but it says everything about freedom to practice our religion. And those five justices just made it up out of thin air. But there's no question that we have the freedom of religion in our Constitution. Yet you tell me right now which one is more important, what the judges made up or what the Constitution says. By arresting this apostolic woman, they have set a precedent today that the Constitution does not matter. You hear me? The con I know this, I sound like one of these conspiracy theory guys. I'm not like that. I'm just telling you, this is what has happened today. Something that's not in our Constitution took precedent over something that is. And a woman is in jail tonight because of it. And not just any woman, but one of us. And that's the way she's identifying herself, as an apostolic. That's us, folks. I'm concerned about where we're headed. Someone asked recently, what's, what's the tipping point? What is the tipping point? And I like one response I saw. They said, it's already passed. We've already tipped. There's no getting it back now. There is no getting it back. At this point, when you can jail someone over something that's not in the Constitution and in so doing clearly violate what is printed plainly in the Constitution. In fact, that First Amendment guaranteeing us the freedom of religion is the First Amendment for a reason. Those items that are in that First Amendment were put in the First Amendment 
for a reason. Because those were the very things that our founders had to deal with. And they could not pass the Constitution without guaranteeing those rights. And so that's why I say it's the worst of times. Today, I thought when they made the decision, it was a dark day. But today is a darker day than that. And so, it's the worst of times. Although, we can't really use that. We can't really use that. And I, you know, I've been one that's tried and tried and tried to tell this church, quit using the superlatives. I see it all the time posts. This is the most whatever. This is the greatest. This is the most beautiful. This is the. Stop with the superlatives. All right. Just stop with the superlatives. It's not the greatest ever. It's not the best ever. But so this is not the worst because I'm going to tell you it's going to get worse than this. But I can say I think this is the worst so far. When we've reached this point in our nation's history, I think this is the worst that we have seen in America. For all the other, and, and I, know, I know we've had some bleak moments. I know we've, we've made some very bad choices, bad decisions. I know that I, I, I know about all the laws and slavery and, and classifying blacks as two-thirds human. And I, I know those were, those, but here's the thing. Whatever they did, they did it by law. I don't agree with those laws, but they did it by law. You follow me? What we have now is lawlessness. I don't care who the president is. Now the Supreme Court justices have become dictators for life. Because it doesn't have to be in the Constitution. If they say it, we can go to jail if we don't obey it. And it was never intended by the founding fathers. I didn't plan to come give you a civics lesson. But the founding fathers never intended for the judiciary to write law. That's the job of the legislature. So we, you know, this, I believe, is the worst that we have seen in America since its founding. So, it was the worst of times. But I'm not here everybody in a bad mood tonight. So let's talk about the best of times, all right? Let's focus on some good things. How about the fact that I got a phone call while I was gone? We got four people wanting to be baptized in Jesus' name Sunday night. 
this year that have been coming. You know, her parents have been coming and some of her siblings have been coming. And her dad called me last night and said, my wife and I and two of our kids want to be baptized in Jesus' name Sunday night. Well, hallelujah. So how about some good news in the midst of all the bad news? Hey, 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 let me tell you, there is still a scripture that said, where sin did abound, grace. Grace did much more abound. I'm telling you, I don't care how much the devil piles on us, God's storehouse is still full. And God will just give us more grace and more grace and more grace. <laughs> In fact, it, it becomes clearer through these times what the scripture really means when it says we are saved by grace. That's not unmerited favor. It's not what that means. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God didn't just pick everybody, pick one man that was just as bad as everybody else and say, okay, it's not merited, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to let you be the Savior. That's the way the world defines grace, unmerited favor. But that's not what Noah found in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found strength. God saw Noah, whom Peter said was a preacher of righteousness. In the midst of a wicked world, there was still a one God holiness preacher. And when God saw that one God holiness preacher, he said, I'm going to give that man strength to keep preaching what he needs to preach. And I'm going to give him strength to get some people out of here. Well, grace did much more, much more. Think about it, much more. How deep is sin right now? How deep is sin right now? What is the measure of sinfulness right now? Let me just tell you, whatever it is, there is much more grace. Not just the same amount and not just more, but much more. Well, so, so in the midst of this worst of times, you're also seeing the best of times. Stand and sit. I didn't ask you to stand. Are you, I, in fact, I asked you to sit down a while ago. You're standing now, so don't wait on me to tell you to sit down. Just in the midst of the worst of times, it's also the best of times. I went down to Miami County Courthouse this morning. 
church building down there. It's up for auction. And uh, got in there, and there wasn't maybe 12 bidders. I don't think I ever heard anybody higher than number 12. So I thought, well, this is going to be a cinch. We got this wrapped up. And uh, first, I don't know how many properties went. Nobody even bid on them. Nobody even bid at all. I mean, nothing. And the way they did this auction is they'd tell you, first of all, what they needed out of it. That's the first bid. But if you wouldn't bid higher than that, they'd say, okay, we're just open whatever you want to bid. I mean, you could bid a dollar and get the property. And there were properties that nobody even bid on at all. So I thought, well, this is a cinch. I don't know why all those other people are even here. And then there was some property, I don't even know what it was, but something that two or three of them got to bidding against each other and they ended up higher than the opening bid. And, and uh, so I was getting a little nervous then. We continued on. You would know that the property we're looking at is number 19 out of 20. I'm serious. It really was. Next to the last on the list. So we get down there. They tell us that the opening bid's 16,000, 17,000 something opening bid. And uh, but nobody bid on it. So that's the process. They tell you what the opening bid is, and nobody will follow the bid. Then they just open. Okay, we'll bid what you want. And across the room, somebody started the bid at $200. And I thought, well, this is not good. If I've got somebody bidding against me, I watched how the last one, the last time that you had a couple people bidding against each other, I don't know if it was the last time, but that one time it stood out, the two people bidding, two or three bidding against each other, it went up over where they started. All right, you with me? So now I've already got somebody else that's wanted the property. But I can tell you that, got up to $3,000, we just dropped out, and we bought the church building for $3,000, so we can plan another one God Jesus name tongue-talking church. Oh, hallelujah. Right, right over by the Lynn Valley Lakes and, and just out of Lacine, really, there, there are about five cities. This sets kind of right in the middle of about four or five cities, including Drexel, Missouri, and uh, Lacine, Pleasanton, Kansas. Uh, what else? Lewisburg's right there close uh, within... 15 minutes, I don't know if it took that long, 10 minutes uh, from Lewisburg, just right off of Highway 69, Highway 69, 399th Street exit, you get off the exit, and I mean, it's not, I thought it was a mile and a half, it's not even a mile, I mean, it's just right there, and uh, there sits a church that's about to say, we're, we're going to start working on a sign that's going to say, future home of the Truth Church. Yeah, it's the worst of times, but it's also the best of times. 
because it's revival time. I'm telling you, God's hand is still on his people. God's eye is still on his church, and he's still taking care of us. Oh, hallelujah. I've, I've of course, tried to keep my pastor in the loop on this thing. I've, I've tell, told him what was going on and had him praying about it. So today I sent him a text and, and uh, told him, so we just left the auction Bought the building for three thousand. Now let me just let me back up on that whole three thousand because what the paperwork said was that there were necessary. Uh, what what did it say? What's the term? Statutory costs. You understand what statutory means? Statutory costs. And and the last thing the website had listed was right about uh, six hundred. I think it was under six, wasn't it? Six twenty. But when we got there today, the statutory costs were. 727. I thought it was like 8. 727. All right. Statutory cost 727. And then he said there was a filing fee uh, to actually record the deed. And so there's these other costs on top of it. So, but they, they wouldn't, you know, they want a cashier's check to pay for the property. So we, once the auction is over, we get in the car and we start driving back to Olathe. So we go to the bank, get a cashier's check, pay for this property. And uh, I said, you know, Brother Brandon, we, we need to find out exactly what the total is going to be. We've got the statutory costs, filing fees, all these things on top of the 3000 Would you call them back, ask them exactly how much the check's got to be made for? So he did. And, and the person on the other line said, no, 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 no. Those statutory costs are only if you accept what we present as the opening bid. But whatever you bid, that includes all other fees. So you bought the building for $3,000 Period. Within about two weeks, we'll get the deed. It'll be in the name of New Life Pentecostal Church. It's our property. Hallelujah. Now that means we got some work days coming up. You might, you might, I might warn you. You step inside the door and it's going to be the worst of times again. You've heard of church mice? These are church rats. No, I don't know. They're not. I don't know. Why. I didn't see any of them. I guess we did see one dead one out there. But they left plenty of evidence that they'd been there. All right, the rest of you will catch that after you get home. And I'm telling you, when you walk in the door, you can tell they've been there, all right? So, there's a lot of cleaning to be done. Whoever owned it last evidently had intended to set it up as an antique shop. There's still a lot of things in there. I didn't see anything that looked like there's any real, real value, so don't start thinking we're going to find any treasure chests. But I'll tell you what did happen today. Uh, I guess it's all right if we just have testimony tonight, all right? I've got my notes there, but I'm stirred up, I'm upset, and I'm excited. This is, this is the true experience of mixed emotions. And you know what mixed emotions are. It's watching your mother-in-law drive your new Cadillac over the cliff. No, no, 
No, no. You better not laugh. You better not laugh, DJ. That's not funny. That's not funny. Ah. Uh, so we, we, the thing is, they don't give you keys to the property. They, you know, I mean, they've seized this property because whoever owned it did not pay the taxes. And so they just took it over. They don't have keys. They don't. So you got to get in. And then you got to put your own locks on it and all that. So we, before, when we picked up the uh, cashier's check, we stopped by Home Depot and bought a new locking doorknob. We knew we were going to have to break the knob to get in to the building. And so we bought a new one so we could put on it. We'd have a key to get in. And uh, we get there, and the doorknob is unlocked, but there's a deadbolt. And we don't have the deadbolt key. So we had to break the deadbolt to get in. We don't have a replacement deadbolt. All we have is a replacement doorknob. And uh, so anyhow, we look around and do what we got to do and gag a little bit. And, and uh, we get ready to leave, and I, I notice these little file drawers sitting over on one corner. I said, well, is there any, see if there's anything in there. And he opened the first one. He said, no, there's nothing there. He opened the second one. He said, well, looky here. Here is, still in the package, a deadbolt with the key. Because that's what we needed. It's right there waiting on us when we got in. So we can take the doorknob back. So we still only paid $3,000. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, we're going to have to have some work days. We're going to have to go down there. And that's what I started saying. We've got to go down there and start doing some cleaning uh, they, they had intended on making it a antique shop. It looks more like a junk shop to me. I don't really see anything that folks would consider antiques, though there was something sitting on the desk that Brother Weems asked Brother Brandon if he even knew what it was. And uh, the good thing was it was a large print edition, so you could actually see these buttons on it. There was a receiver and a cord. And, um, you know, I remember... In fact, I still have one, an old landline telephone. Man, that's, that's sad to think that's an antique. But um, there's really not, I didn't see much of anything there, but there's, there's a, it's, it's literally piled high inside that building. And so we're going to have to take some days and go down there and just throw a lot of stuff away, do some very, very deep cleaning, probably. Uh, that's tile. Is that linoleum or something inside that fellowship hall, right? Is it carpet? Well, if that's the case, we're probably going to have to rip that carpet out and put something down there, some kind of flooring there. we got bathrooms. Uh, I think the stools are set. I don't know if the plumbing's all connected. I have no idea. So it's going to take a little work. Uh, the sanctuary itself is going to take a lot of work. Uh, one side of the floor is feels very weak, and you can see it's actually sagging in the sanctuary, but we'll close that off, and we'll start having service in the fellowship hall once we get that ready. That's not going to take near as much work. Uh, a few months of good hard work, and we'll have that up and ready to start meeting in that fellowship hall, and then while we're meeting there, we'll be able to be doing stuff in the sanctuary and try to, try to rip that floor out and rebuild the floor in the sanctuary. Still, when you're starting with only $3,000 in it, 
That's not bad. I believe God blessed us today. Hallelujah. Now, I, I got sidetracked. Elder Westberg used to say, old preachers never die. They just lose their text and wander. And uh, I wandered a little bit, but I'm back. I'm back, all right? I remember where I was going. I said that I've been trying to keep my pastor informed along the way, let him know what was going on. And so I sent him a text today, and I said, said just left the auction, and uh, we got that building for $3,000. Thank you for your prayers. Well, he was obviously busy. It took him a while to text back, and, and he wrote back, and he said, wow, that's incredible. Send me a picture. So I sent him a couple pictures, and, and uh, a little while he wrote back, and, and th this is what he said to me. He said, he said, let's fill it up in Jesus' name. And I said, amen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fill it up in Jesus' name. We've been talking about filling this one. How about filling Gardner? How about filling Lacine? I, 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 thought, I thought he was going to do it the other night when he preached, and I told him he could, and he didn't, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please tell him I'm sorry um, for, for stealing his thunder tonight. But, but there is about to be another work branching off of this one in the city of Mission. Brother and Sister Goff are going to go and, uh, and start doing a work in Mission Let's fill that one up too. Let's fill that one up too. You say, what about this one, preacher? God's going to fill this one. We've got our vision. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. And in spite of what's going on around us, I don't feel no ways tired tonight. I'm telling you, I believe God's going to give us the desires of our heart. Oh, hallelujah. God's going to do it. So in the midst of the worst of times for New Life Pentecostal Church, also known as the Truth Church, for us, it's the best of times. I, all right, all right, all right. Look, I know, I know. I, I haven't taken a text. I mean, we're 15 minutes away from magic hour and I had to let you go and I haven't even taken a text and I haven't gotten to what I was going to do tonight and, and so you know here we are so you won't feel like you've been to church if I don't take a text uh, so so since you're standing anyhow we'll just let's, let's look at this in this was not on my notes this is what I'm feeling right now alright so we'll come back to the notes I'm not finished I'm not finished expanding my vision. 
Lord willing, we'll do that next week. But tonight, we're talking about the best of times in the worst of times. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. When they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now look at this. They wanted to go into Asia to preach, and God said no. They had plans. They had goals, and God said no. I'm not going to let you do what you want to do. You're not going there. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Twice in a row now. They wanted to go somewhere, and God said, no, 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 no. That's not where you're going. They had the plan. They had to go. God said, no. Verse 8, they passing by, Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul. And a vision. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Want to go to Asia? The Holy Ghost says no. Holy Ghost says no. We want to go to Bithynia. The Holy Ghost says no. All right, God, where do you want us to go? And God gave Paul a vision and said, go to Macedonia. Go to Macedonia. Got something's going to happen in Macedonia. So you know what they did? They went to Macedonia. They set sail. They, they went over there. They decided this is where God wants us. In fact, Luke said it this way, assuredly gathering. There's no question in our mind, this is the will of God. So, get to, get to Macedonia, and in Macedonia, the chief city of Macedonia is a place called Philippi. Does that sound familiar to anybody? They are in Philippi, the chief city of Macedonia, and they were there for certain days. They started praying. They met a woman. This is verse 14, named Lydia, seller of purple, in the city of Thyatira, worshiped God, who'd heard us, whose, whose heart was open. She attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judgment, be faithful to the Lord. Come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. But then, then, Look at what happens. It came to pass. As we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. All right? You want to go to Asia? God says, no. You want to go to Bithynia? No. God says, go to Macedonia. So they go to Macedonia. They got one convert here. And they're on their way to prayer, and here comes a devil-possessed girl. And she is 
she is following them. The same followed, verse 17, Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, being grieved. Now, what's wrong with what she said? She's telling the truth. But sometimes the spirit behind the truth is what's not right. Paul was grieved. Turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Revival, right? Cast the devil out of a girl. It's revival time, right? Some of you are not answering. Well, when her masters saw the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace under the rulers, brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates rent off their clothes, commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. It's the worst of times. It's the worst of times, Brother Jerry. We wanted to go to Asia. God said no. We wanted to go to Bithynia. God said no. God said go to Macedonia, so we did. And now we've been beaten and thrown in prison. It's the worst of times. But in the midst of the worst of times, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly... In the midst of the worst of times, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas, brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. They spake unto him the word of the Lord to all that were in his house, and he took them the selfsame hour of the night, washed their stripes, was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And in the midst of the worst of times, it was the best of times. Because do you recognize this is in Philippi? Do you know there's a little book in your New Testament called the Epistle to the Philippians, the church that's at Philippi. In the midst of of the worst of times, God 
planted a church. Oh, hallelujah. That's my message for tonight. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I feel like I got to tell you tonight. I know we're in the worst of times, but honey, for us, this is the best of times. God's in the business of planting churches while the world is falling apart all around us. Oh, let's thank God. Let's thank God. Let's thank God. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. I'm telling you now, it's not the time to be discouraged. It's not the time to be downhearted. It's not the time to be feeling sorry for ourselves. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know how much worse it's going to get, but I do know how much better the church is going to get. experience the best of times in the midst of the worst of times. Oh, hallelujah. Let's thank him once more. Let's thank him once more. Praise God. Hallelujah.